What is up, guys? Welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. What I'm going to be doing with this show is actually showing you guys what exactly you need to look for prior to buying, building, selling, or even renting a home. I'm going to bring in some of the top people in the industry so we can dive deeper into discussion about these topics and really give you guys the tools you need to learn and know prior to making one of the biggest purchases of your lifetime. So with that being said, guys, welcome to The Real Build. Welcome to The Real Build. I am your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. And today I have a special guest coming all the way from Las Vegas, Nevada. Great city. He is the owner of a seven-figure company that is disrupting the retirement account industry. Daniel Blue, thank you for coming on The Real Build. I'm excited to talk to you about some financial stuff today. How you doing? I'm good, Billy. Thank you for the invite, man. I've loved uh, what you're doing with the podcast. Seeing you crush it in, in that arena and uh, thankful to uh, have met you. Shoot, how long have we known each other? Over a year now? Yeah, over uh, a year now, man. It's been it's been great getting to know you too. Yeah. And yeah, tomorrow we, we get to reunite again in St. Yeah. Louis. That'll be a good trip too. Excited yeah. for that. Yeah, me too. Get man. some me more too. knowledge, man. So what I actually like to do with everybody is start out, you know, let's talk about your background. So let's talk about who is Daniel Blue. You know, so uh, just to kind of start off with some bang. I, uh, Daniel Blue is a, a recovering uh, Oxycontin addict. So uh, 18 years old, I got hooked on Oxycontin. And uh, 18 years old, I also had a kid. So the first few years of my adult life, I, uh, I made one knucklehead decision after another knucklehead decision. So that, uh, that really set the stage for uh, me being an adult and uh, made a lot of decisions that uh, turned out to you know, really get me to where I'm at today. You know, my daughter's 10 years old and she's doing great in school and and, uh, clean this November. We're filming this year, doing this podcast where it's, you know, late in October. And uh, this November will actually be 10 years that I've been, uh, I've been clean from pills. So it's uh, feels good to be clean and and to be a dad. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, like one day, you know, I'm going to be able to look back at at all of this and, uh, be thankful and I already am thankful for uh you know some of those uh so those mistakes that uh helped me grow so I mean diving into this because I'm learning more about you as we sit here so what made you make the change to kind of better yourself and get to where you are obviously at the beginning I talked about you know you have a seven-figure company now um you're doing big things I see it all the time on social media and everything and getting to know you more too so what overall made you, you know, make that change? You know, so a lot of entrepreneurs, I know, probably listen to, to this podcast. So I think one thing that we have in common, no matter what kind of business that we own, we usually come from a sales background, right? At a young age, we got some kind of sales job. And, and usually that sales job is a, is a low entry position where you just kind of start from the bottom, right? So I, I got started selling real estate coaching when I was 18 years old. Okay. And uh, started off making pretty good money, and uh, like I said, ended up uh, getting addicted to oxycotton, and then uh, became a father. And uh, once my daughter was born, I still was was just being a knucklehead, and I was still addicted to oxycotton. And uh, this November, uh, actually Thanksgiving, it'll be ten years. Ten years ago, it's Thanksgiving. 
I was trying to get high and uh, I was not able to find somebody to give me pills. You know, all the drug dealers were actually being decent human beings that night, probably having Thanksgiving with their family. And uh, here I was trying to score, you know, no one was picking up their phone and uh, I'm freaking out because, you know, when, when you're on Oxycontin, and as we're doing this episode right now, people probably see in the news that, that, you know, these big companies, I think Johnson & Johnson, these big pharmaceutical companies are paying billions of dollars uh, settling these Oxycontin lawsuits because people die. Um, so when you don't have this drug, you start withdrawing. So I just remember it was, it was Thanksgiving 10 years ago. I'm, I'm withdrawing. I'm not able to get, you know, the pills I'm looking for. And I'm just like, dude, what am I doing with my life? You know, you know uh, my daughter was six months old at that time. And I was like, man, this, this isn't it. This is not what I'm, I'm, I'm here on, on earth to do. I'm not made to do this. So uh, I decided to, to move, um, move to Vegas. I got out of Utah, moved to Vegas, and then uh, still was in the sales industry. And because I sold real estate coaching, a lot of the clients I would talk to on the phone, they would talk to me about them using their retirement accounts to flip a house, or they're using their retirement accounts to purchase a property and, and rent it out. And I thought that was pretty cool because I was always under the impression that people use retirement accounts to buy stocks, not invest into real estate. So I'm like, okay, that's, I didn't know that existed. So that planted the seed in, in my head at that time. So I, I stuck in the sales game for a while selling uh, you know, real estate coaching. And then I got to a point where I'm like, man, I wanna learn more. I wanna make a pivot and I really like the financial world more specifically self-directed retirement accounts. And uh, I ended up quitting my job. I took a, was able to meet some great people along the way that uh, you know, taught me the game, started at the bottom, made less money for a period of time, but then I was able to, to move my way up and uh, get to a point where about two and a half years ago, uh, Quest Education was born, the, the company that I own. And uh, you know, we're, we're rocking and rolling. We're not where we wanna be by any means. And uh, there's a lot more work to do, but uh, you know we've got clients in all 50 states, and uh, you know it's, it's our goal to really spread the message to help people understand that you know the old school way of having a 401k at your job or an IRA with fidelity and, and being just limited in this account where it's so vanilla, it's so boring, you just get stocks. Like you, when you have a self-directed account, the sky's the limit. You can do so much more with your money. You can invest into all different types of, of real estate, and it, it's just not taught. People aren't aware of this, and and that's where we come in. And and hearing your story too, I mean, it's it's unbelievable to hear. And I, I mean, I give you a lot of credit too because it's unfortunate. I mean, you hear it all over the news, like you said that drug addiction, especially pill addiction, is so huge now. I actually had a family member, an aunt, that died from a pill overdose too. So, I mean, it's just you coming from the background that you did and, you know, figuring out the direction to go to change your life is a pretty unbelievable story. And I'm sure there's a lot of people with similar stories out there or that need to hear your story too. Also. Well, know. thanks man. It's uh, if you have not been, you know, personally affected by pills, like you just said, someone in your family has, I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's an epidemic and, uh, Oh, people die. Bad, yeah. yeah, families are broken. People, uh, you know, and then it's affecting kids. You mm -hmm. know, and they're, they're they're growing up with it. So it's uh, it's definitely an issue and uh, something I'm I'm pretty passionate about. And uh, you know, want want to be able to help people 
helpful in any way I can since I, I can relate to that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So, and I give you a lot of credit too for where you're at now today. So let's, let's discuss your business a little bit. I mean, you, you just brushed on the company, uh, why you chose to start. So why did you choose to be in the finance? I know you said, obviously that you heard about financials with real estate and so on, but let's go deeper into that. Why did you choose that Avenue versus a different sales Avenue? Like you were selling real estate products. Why not become a realtor? Yeah. So why'd you choose the financial business? So in fourth grade, our teacher, one of the assignments that she gave us was we got to pick, this is when like there was no internet, right? So it was the newspaper that was really our media. And, uh, she gave us the newspaper and said, Hey, like go to page five and there's the, the stock market exchange, right? I think it was the S and P 500. And she's like, I want you guys to pick five companies and we're going to follow these companies and see who wins, you know, who, who picks the best stocks. And, uh, that was really cool for me to see like, I'm like oh, okay. Like Nike. All right, cool. Uh-huh. And, uh, just seeing, you know, how a stock worked and, and, that really resonated with me. I've, I've always been fascinated with money in, in that regard and, and learning about money. So um, as, as I got older and, and learned about self-directed accounts, I'm like, man, like, and it did cross my mind, you know, shoot, maybe I could go to school and, and, and get licensed and, you know, work at Edward Jones or Fidelity and, you know, be a broker or you know, things like that. But I'm like, dude, I'm just, ca- I'm just holding myself captive. You know, I'm handcuffed to that. Like, uh-huh. A self-directed account encompasses everything. If I have a self-directed account, retirement account, I can invest in stocks if I want, but I also can invest into real estate. I can invest into my own business. I can invest into your business. I can invest into crypto. I can invest into other alternative assets that I can't invest if I'm with Edward Jones or Fidelity. You know, so that part really intrigued me. Yeah. And that kind of goes into my next question with you too. Uh, I mean, cause you've said, and that's what I like about getting to know you and talk about your company. When we first spoke, you kind of told me to like, I felt that trust with you. Unlike, you know, a lot of these bigger outfits that you don't know where your money's going to go. I mean, they, they take it, they put it in stocks. You don't even know half the time what stocks, you know, yeah. that you're, you got your cash in. And then when the market's down, you watch your cash go down. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, you say your mission is to educate Americans on the retire on retirement accounts. And I think you're doing really well doing it if people follow you on social and so on. So a lot of people, the problem is a lot of people don't think about getting a retirement account because they don't have a clue about it. So explain what retirement options there are and why is it so important to have one? Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's two type of people, two different types of people that are listening to this podcast. Either A, you have an existing 401k or an IRA somewhere, or B, you are just so engulfed with your business, your business is your retirement account. And the thought of setting money aside in retirement isn't a priority because you're so involved in your business. And then maybe you heard that 401ks and IRAs suck, so why bother setting one up? Right. That's usually what, uh, you know, the thought process is. So let's go to a, you know, someone that's got an IRA or, or a 401k set up more often than not, that money's with fidelity, right? Vanguard, Charles Schwab, Edward Jones, right? These, these big financial companies where they're just limited to the stock market and that's it. Right. But they could actually take those accounts and get them converted into either a self-directed IRA 
or maybe a solo 401k. That, that's another popular vehicle that we help people with. And if they have their money in a self-directed IRA or a solo 401k, they get the same options that they would have with Edward Jones or Charles Schwab over here, but they also get to flip the menu over and they get to have a bigger menu of investment options. Right? For example, I had a client that he used to work for a turf company in San Diego and he'd been there like 15 years. He learned the business in and out and he's like, man, I want to start my own turf business. So what he did is he took the 401k that he had through that company he was able to convert that into a solo 401k and then he took out 50,000, no penalties, no taxes. And then he was able to use that money to buy some equipment for him to get started with his business. So he was able to use his retirement account to fund his business, to start his business, to go from being an employee to an entrepreneur. Hmm. So the solo 401k for an example, it, it's a, it's a vehicle that allows you to take money out, no penalties, no taxes. If you've got an IRA with Fidelity or an IRA with Edward Jones and you want to take money out, you can, but you're going to get crushed mm -hmm. in penalties and taxes. You're going to pay 20, 30, 40% in penalties and taxes. You're not going to have that with a self-direct account. Yeah. And see, that's the thing too, with these self-directed, not a lot of people know it like we just talked about too, but kind of going deeper into that too. Um, you know, a lot of people don't, think about putting a money aside into a, let's say they don't, they're not focused on the tax savings and they're working a regular nine to five job. Maybe they're making 40,000 a year. Why should that person obviously open up uh, an account or a 401k or whatever with you? Uh, what reasons would they do it for too? I think someone like that, that you're describing, someone that has no side hustle, no mm -hmm. entrepreneur venture on the side, they're strictly yeah. W-2. I think it'd be important for that person to take advantage of like a Roth IRA. You know, they can put up to 6,000, 6 to 7,000 per year, depending on their age, mm -hmm. into a Roth IRA. And when you put money into a Roth IRA, let's just say they put $6,000 into a Roth IRA. They're going to pay taxes. They're going to claim that 6000 as income that year when they put it into the Roth IRA. But as that, that money grows, that 6000 the money in the Roth IRA, as it grows, it grows tax-free. So mm -hmm. imagine if they took 6000 and every single year they put that into their Roth IRA, you know, year after year after year. If they got that bad boy up to $100,000, $200,000 invested into some properties, into real estate, that's mm -hmm. all tax-free. Yeah, Taxes aren't going down in the future, right? I mean, yeah. taxes, we're, we're at a pretty, people complain about high, how high taxes are. And I read somewhere like, you know, back in the early 1900s, you know, tax, the, the tax bracket, you know, the tax rate was super, super high. Oh. A lot higher than what it is now, mm -hmm. you know, 50%. So, you know, if, if you can have a tax-free account, that, that's money, man. So someone like that that you're just describing, I think that'd be a, a good option for them. So what's the best way for them to go about getting set up with one, just briefly so people know too, whether yeah. it's for you or... Yeah, I mean, if, if they just want the stock market and that's it, some people are cool with just the stock market. They're okay with just, with just having options in the stock market. All they want, they don't want to touch real estate, they just want the stock market. I like... Vanguard, uh, Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, you know, lower cost fees, 
uh, lower cost uh, accounts. So I, I think those are pretty good companies to work with, especially Vanguard, super low fees. Mm-hmm. And then um, if they want a self-directed account where they're like, you know, I'd like the ability to invest outside the stock market. I'd like to be able to control my own money. Then, you know, we're working with a company like ours, you know, we really are able to help them see, hey, here's how a self-directed Roth IRA works and how you can grow tax-free money. Here's how a solo 401k works. Right? A solo 401k is for business owners. And this account has all of the flexibility, right? Take money out with no penalties and taxes. Maybe fund that dream business of yours. You know, maybe you want to use a solo 401k to invest into, you know, some multifamily or some commercial, you know, property. So you could have the dream of, you know, being a real estate investor, right? So we, we really pull the curtain back and we help people understand, like, here's this option, how it works. Here's this option, how it works. Oh, you're a business owner. Well, you can set up this type of account, you know, things like that. Yeah. So it's actually showing, taking the time to show people to and get, make them have that understanding, which is really important. Cause I mean, it can be confusing too. I, a lot of people, well, it's probably more confusing than it actually is to people to be honest with you. For sure. And then especially if you're just getting pitched investments, I mean, yeah. then it can really get confusing and, and we don't pitch investments. We don't talk returns or specific investments because that's what most companies do. You know, it's, it's buy my, you know, buy my, crap by my crap it's gonna mm-hmm. make you money we, we we help people understand the vehicle we sell the vehicle we sell mm-hmm. the Roth IRA or the solo 401k or the, the Roth solo 401k that, that, that that's the vehicle what mm-hmm. they put in this vehicle that's up to them they want insurance products in the vehicle cool they want commercial property in there awesome they want to do some flips in there great they want to do some private lending awesome they want to be able to use the money to invest their own, their own business. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Invest into someone else's business. You could do that too. Yeah. See, that's awesome. And not a lot of people know it, man. So that's why I have you on. So, and I mean, going, going deeper in this topic too, because obviously this show is about construction and real estate. Uh, and with those two topics, we don't really think of retirement accounts in that way or using it towards a construction project or a real estate project. Um, so, you know, but a retirement account can be important for someone being involved in these industries. So let's discuss why. So why is it important for, let's say somebody in real estate or doing real estate or investing or somebody building in construction maybe too, how can they implement it? Yeah. I mean, I got to be careful about this topic because, you know, I can't give financial advice Mm -hmm. and, you know, there are compliance and rules and regulations when it comes to retirement accounts. I'll just speak in in broad terms, but if you're a developer, you're doing construction and, you know, you're, you're developing a property. Financing is always huge, right? We always need money, right? And uh, you could go down the list of different ways you can get money, but you know, maybe you have a group of friends that have money in retirement accounts. If they have money in a self-directed account, you know, they could do a, a promissory note to you or they lend money to you and you use that money to go vertical, right? You use that money to build something and you agree that they're going to lend you money for X amount of years. Um, you agree on the rate of return that you're going to pay them right? And everyone wins, right? You get your money to build, right? And then your goal is to either refinance or sell, right? And then they're happy because they lent you the money and they're making money and then they get paid back 
with interest, right? So you got to be careful about this because, you know, you got, you know, regulation, you got mm -hmm. SEC and things like that. So for someone wanting to do that, the possibility is there. You just want to make sure from a compliance standpoint that you're above board um, in, in being able to get creative because, you know, there are people, I see a lot of our clients do that all day long, you know, where they'll do you know, private lending, they'll lend money on a commercial property or they'll lend money on, you know, some flips. And, uh, you know, they essentially become their own bank. You know, they get to pick and choose which deals they want to lend money on. So it works from both perspectives, right? If you're a developer, if you're, if you're, you're doing construction, you need to have funds. Uh, how you get those funds, right? You got banks, you got private lenders, but maybe there's some people in your circle that have money in a retirement account that, that could, you know, make a win-win situation come about. And then if you are, you know, uh, an investor and you want to participate in real estate, you could have a money in a self-directed account and you could be an active investor, right? You could use the money in the retirement account to purchase a property, put a little bit of money in it, flip it. And the cool part about that is if you have money in a self-directed account, you buy a property for $500,000 and then you turn around and sell it for $750,000, that money is within the retirement account. So there's no taxable hit that you're facing that year, right? So that's huge from a tax standpoint. And then, um, so if you want to be active, you can flip, you can do rentals, things like that, tax liens, or maybe you want to do more passive stuff. You know, maybe you just want to be a bank. You just want to lend money on good deals. You can just do that too. Yeah, that's great to know. Cause I mean, there's so many options with it that, like I keep saying, not a lot of people know. Cause when you, when I first spoke to you about it too, I was like, well, you can do that. Wait, what? You know, and it's kind of just, it's, it's, you don't really know. You don't, because I mean, you're so used to the typical IRA accounts and everything like that and to where you just see your money slowly build up and so on. But I'd rather make my money work for me in other places, especially in real estate too. So, you know. Yeah. And, and there's a reason why a lot of people aren't aware of this. I think I read somewhere like maybe only 5% of Americans have self-directed accounts. Mm -hmm. The reason why people aren't aware of this, it's by design. It's not a fluke. Think about it. Fidelity, Charles Schwab, Edward Jones, all these financial companies. Mm -hmm. Do they make money off of you if you were to use your retirement account to flip a house? Yeah. Do they make money off of you if you use your retirement account to invest in your own business? No. They don't make money off of you. So why would they teach you about self-directed retirement accounts? Yeah. Either A, they don't know about it because they were just never taught, or B, they do know about it, and they're probably going to try and talk you out of doing it, and they don't promote it because it just doesn't make them money. You know, So it, it just comes down to understanding the options. Now, it's not the wild, wild west. With a self-directed account, do understand you know, the IRS, they're okay with these accounts. You know, They're cool with them. Um, this isn't like some illegal account. I mean, these are IRS regulated accounts, but they do have what are called prohibited transactions. So for example, you can't use the money in your self-directed account to purchase a property and then live in it. I was explaining private lending and prompt doing a promissory note on a deal. You can't lend money to a lineal descendant, right? You know, Billy, if you had a self-directed account, you couldn't lend your money to your dad, right? You can lend your money to a third party, right? So there are some prohibited transactions that you have to make sure that you are aware of. Um, so then that way you don't get penalized.
Yeah, and it's like you said, they have to have, I mean, obviously have to have that because it's not a free-for-all, too, because, yeah. you know, <laughs> it, could, yeah. it would be like the Wild Wild West yeah. if it was, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's talk, I want to I want to talk about tax benefits on it, too. Obviously, that's important, so let's dive a little deeper into that. Um, what are some of the tax benefits from it? I, you've brushed on it uh, throughout the, you know, some of the questions I've asked you, but let's go a little deeper because it is such an important topic. Yeah. I feel like one would be, you know, if you buy a property and then you've got a good gain on it when you sell, if you buy a property for 500,000, turn around and sell it for 750,000, right? That 750,000 just goes right back into your retirement account as cash. And you're not having to claim that as income. There's no taxable ramification on that deal because it's done within the umbrella of a self-directed IRA or a solo 401k as an example. So that's huge. Then you can just take that 750,000 and deploy it again, right? And just repeat, 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 right? So that's huge. Uh, another huge benefit, this is the solo 401k. I was talking about a Roth IRA as an example. Roth IRA, the ceiling, the most that you can put in as far as new money, as far as taking money from your bank account, and contributing it into the account, the most that you can do is six to 7,000 per year. That's the max. A solo 401k, you can put anywhere from 56,000 to $62,000 per year. That's a big difference. Yeah. And for the people that are making six figures, that are making good money, that are making money to where they, are, they need to maximize all the tax benefits that they can, I always talk about a Roth solo 401k because imagine this, Billy, imagine taking $50,000 every year, putting that into a solo 401k Roth contribution. If you put $50,000 every year for five years, it's $250,000 that you put into the solo 401k Roth over five years. And then you take that 250,000 and it grew to 500,000 mm -hmm. as an example. That's all tax-free. Yeah. I mean, if you did that for 10 years straight, I mean, you could have a million bucks tax-free. Uh -huh. I mean, that, that, that's huge. So a lot of tax advantages with retirement accounts, and that goes back to two types of people that are listening to this podcast. Either A, you have an IRA or 401k floating around somewhere, and maybe the idea of converting that into a self-directed account so you can control your own money. So you can have more flexibility appeals to you or B you haven't had time or you just haven't had the urge to set up a retirement account because you're like, those suck. But once you understand that they only suck because if your account is with wall street, it sucks that you have no flexibility in your limits to the stock market. I get that, but that's not the case with a self-directed account. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe once you understand, Oh shoot, I didn't know I could do this with a self-directed account. Why not take advantage of those tax benefits? You know, why not take some of the money that you've got in your bank account, money you have in savings and checkings, you're not getting any tax benefits from it. So why not take some of it, put it into a self-directed Roth IRA, for example, or solo 401k, maximize those tax benefits, and then turn around and control your own money. Invest it where you want, not Wall Street. Yeah. And it's like we talked about at the beginning too, like when wall street controls your money, they control your money. So if you're losing money, I mean, who are you going to talk to? So, you know, your money's it's gone when it's gone, it's gone. But with some, a company like you and having that customer 
experience with you and and actually care about the customer and what's happening to their money and they have somebody to reach out to on other other line you know like yourself that's a big difference too i kind of as far as like somebody let's say somebody doesn't want to have to deal with um where their money's going or what they're what they're doing so if somebody called you and said all right hey i'm going to contribute or i'm going to put in uh let's say 20 grand right now for my retirement you do whatever just make me money how do you and i know there's some of these questions you can't really technically answer to but i'm still gonna ask them but uh, um how do you handle that situation to make sure that that customer is covered and making money and they don't take a huge loss if a market dips or something like that putting you on the well, spot maybe, yeah <laughs> you know, as well as i do there's always risk in, in every industry yeah. so I've, I've got two types of customers one customer is going to already know what they're going to purchase they already know they're going to buy this house on this cul-de-sac and flip it right so they already know we mm -hmm. just help process the paperwork and dot t's and dot i's so a lot of my clients uh, they already know what they're going to invest their money in and we just do the customer service and the facilitation and then i've got another type of customer where they don't really know exactly where they're going to invest their money and they'd like to talk to some of our third-party financial companies so I, I do have a group of third-party financial companies, both in the stock market world and the real estate world, where if they'd like, they can talk to some of our third-party financial companies. Uh, there's no obligation in them having to work with them, but they can hear out those investment options. And if they like what they hear, they can move forward. If they don't, they can keep trying to find their, their own investments. Awesome. Yeah. See, that's good to know too, because I mean, there is a lot of people too that have no idea where they want to do it. They just want that tax benefit on top of, they want to make, you know, some money off of what they have in instead of it sitting in a bank account collecting yeah. dust. Cause we all know bank accounts don't really get you much these days. Nope. So, <laughs> so you'd rather not let it sit too. So, sure. um, so are there, and I don't know if you can answer this one. Is there any other ways to use retirement accounts towards creating wealth that you can think of off the top of your head as we sit here before we move on? I mean, there's, there's been some cool things I've seen with people using their retirement accounts. You know, like, like the example when I gave someone being able to use their retirement account to fund a business. I mean, that was, that's huge. A lot of our clients are able to break free from their employer and break free from being a nine to five employee and start their own business using the money in their retirement account and that that's a game changer right because now their business can create them wealth um i've also seen some clients use money from the solo 401k they take money out no penalties no taxes they pay off some debt maybe some credit card debt or some lines of credit and that then saves them the nasty 10 20 percent interest that they're paying on that debt but then it brings up their credit score so now they have a better credit score so they can go get that sba so they can go get that term loan. So they can go get that bigger line of credit to invest into their business. That, that's a wealth building tool, mm -hmm. right? So there's, the possibilities are, are really endless. I had uh, a client here recently use a self-directed account where he wanted to start his own app. He needed like 50000 to start his own app. And uh, he was able to take the IRA he had with Charles Schwab, convert it into a self-directed account, Took out 50000 no penalties, no taxes, invested that into his app, got the app up and going, and then money that was left over in the account, he always wanted to purchase a cabin 
Um, there was a, a place in Colorado where he always wanted to have a cabin there. He just knew that just with VRBOs and Airbnbs really, you know, disrupting the market. It's like, man, there's people that come out here on vacation all the time. If I could have a property here that I own and I can just rent this out. I mean, I'm going to rent this out so much. So he used 50K to start his app. And then he used the money that was left over to uh, purchase a, a cabin. And he's just renting that out. It's just a rental property. It's doing pretty well for himself. Yeah, that's that's great to know. I mean, there it's. I'm sure there you got a ton more examples too that you can give to as far as. But obviously, it's definitely a big way to benefit yourself and your money too. So that's why we're going to keep talking about it. Uh, so let's talk about like as far as what other ways can a retirement account benefit a person in real estate? Since this is about real estate too, is there any other off the top of your head that can that you can think of? I mean, I've seen people use a self-directed account to go to an auction, you know, buy foreclosures. Uh, there's some retirement accounts that are checkbook controlled where you literally have the money in your bank account and you have a check checkbook that you just write checks from, you know, and they're at the auction buying, scooping up properties on site. Um, I've seen people use money in the, the self-directed account to purchase or to get involved in wholesale um, tax liens, tax deeds, you know, foreclosures, uh, flipping properties, rentals, um, commercial properties, uh, you know, residential, maybe, you know, multifamily, uh, private lending, you know, promissory notes. You know, so you, you really have active and, and passive that you can participate in. So I've just seen a lot of people get involved in, that's a cool part about real estate. And, and, you know, you know more about real estate than I do. There's just not one segment in real estate i mean you have so many different layers oh, and so yeah. many different ways that you can make money in real estate and, and a self-directed account typically can, can conform to one of those ways yeah exactly i mean it's real estate's yeah it's it's like you just said there's a lot of different avenues you can take to make money in real estate but then you also want to save money too and that's why you're here today too but also, you know, with with this show too, I've also learned that it, you know, with a lot of the interviews that I've had, it's actually benefited benefited people that have businesses out there because, I mean, they like to hear how others that are successful are running their businesses. So that's what I wanted to get into next with you, and I mean, this also helps the customer too on what to look for when looking for a financial company like yourself and and others out there. So I want to talk about you a little bit. I mean, obviously, seven-figure company. You you guys have been doing really good. You're growing and so on. So what are you doing during like your pre-planning stages? Let's start there. So what should customers look for at this stage? And, and we both know they're going to shop different companies or they're going to go to a, one of the you know, bigger uh, Wall Street companies that are out there that are online because it's just, that's what they know and that's it. So what can we do to help them select the right company based on, you know, quality and customer service and also connection and not just based on the easiest choice or maybe just price? Yeah. So I think back to my point earlier, if they're comfortable with just the stock market and the menu of the stock market and the stock market only, and, and self-directed retirement accounts doesn't really appeal to them, then, you know, and again, I don't make money off this endorsement. Just personally, I have an account with Fidelity. Mm -hmm. uh, I like Fidelity because when I want to have the stock market, I, I like that 
setup that they have. Um, Vanguard is very, very similar to Fidelity. Uh, so they're pretty close. Um, TD Ameritrade, I like them. So I think those are some good companies to, to look at if you just want the traditional Wall Street model. Then if you want the self-directed model, you want to break it down. Use someone that is savvy, savvier than most, where you feel comfortable with the paperwork and the model of self-directed account and you know some of the, the moving parts with the self-directed account. Because remember, self-directed account, there's no financial advisor. You know, you're picking and choosing where to deploy your money. So, you know, there is a little more onus on you. So are you someone that is a little more savvier than others? And you don't need that much more, you don't need that much handholding. And you already know where you're going to invest your money. And you already know a lot of the paperwork side of things. If that's you, then uh, we're not a good company to work with in, in that regard, because we, we are kind of on the higher side of, of the actual setup fee. Uh, because we do everything from a standpoint of let's take you by the hand, let's educate you, let's introduce you to our third parties if you'd like. I mean, I've got a, a plethora of third-party financial companies um, that I work with. You know, I've got uh, a company that I work with on the CPA uh, accounting side. You know, because a lot of our, our clients they're real estate investors. They own brick-and-mortar businesses. They own websites, e-commerce. You know, all different arenas of being a business owner and we all have something in common, right? We all need an accountant, right? We probably all need money at some point. So I've been able to strategically establish relationships with different third party companies, right? So I've got uh, some companies in the tax arena. I've got some companies that can help people with traditional funding, maybe SBA term loans, uh, lines of credit. Uh, I've got a company on the estate, the will, the trust side. Uh, you know, maybe business credit, something that you need help with. Um, I brought up the stock market, brought up real estate, right? So we've got this lineup of awesome companies that we can refer people to and introduce you to, to help you create more wealth. And not all these companies like ours have those strategic relationships. It's okay, let's set up your account. And here's the step-by-step -step guide on how to do it. Figure it out by yourself. Best of luck. Give questions, email us. And someone that's savvy, you know, they probably don't need all the hand-holding like I just described. But if you're someone that, you know, wants to be able to, you know, work with people on more on an intimate level and, and have some more education, some more hand-holding, you know, more of that one-on-one -on -one experience, then, you know, I feel like we're one of the best in the business at being able to provide that kind of value. Yeah, which, believe it or not, uh, is probably a lot more people than you think that need the hand-holding and so on and guidance, too, because me personally, I mean, I, I wouldn't know where to put the money. You know, I know big, as far as stocks and, you know, the big companies, stuff like that. But do I have the time to sit and research the best stocks that are going to make me the most money? No, you know, because we're all working. We all have businesses. We all have other obligations. And that's where hiring somebody like your company can come in and hold the hand and kind of guide to go where you need to go to, you know, capitalize on your investment too. So, which is awesome. Um, but with your company growth, obviously managing employees, you know, all the employees you have can be tough. You know, you want to deliver the same experience that you have been for years, you know, you're in, you obviously have your company core values and so on. So you want everybody to be on top with that. How can you maintain the same standard of service to your customers with, 
you know, all the employees that you have as you expand and grow? You know, it's really just everyone knowing everyone, each other's role, you know, knowing your role inside and out, you know, being accountable for what you need to be accountable for and, and mm-hmm. having really, really good communication. So, you know, I'm a big, uh, a big proponent of traction. Uh, traction is, uh, is a book written by Gina Whitman. He talks about just really having organizational structure and having everyone have the ability to row the boat at the same time. You know, it's like a symphony, you know, it's like a band, you know, you've got people that play this instrument, this instrument, that instrument, and you got to get everyone to come together and, and play at the same time or at different times, but it sounds, you know, it sounds smooth and it's, it's, it's cohesive, right? You know, we're, we're a unit. And uh, if people are unaware of what they're doing and what he's doing and shit, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I think I know what I'm doing. You know, you, you got a cluster. So, you know, we take really great pride in just having accountability on all ends. You know, I've got, you know, this department that's accountable for this. That department's accountable for this. And I'm accountable to, to these people here. So it's just accountability on, on all levels and, and communicating to, to really make sure that, you know, any issues, because all companies have issues, big, medium, small, there's always challenges and issues and just bringing those issues to the forefront. And, you know, why are these issues, issues happening? You know, let, let's peel the layers back. What's really going on here? And, uh, Okay, well, what are some solutions? And uh, just always moving forward and always finding ways to get our machine to perform that much more uh, efficient, you know, that, that much quicker and uh, that much more um, in, in a way that's it's bringing more value to the marketplace. Yeah, I'm big on the accountability aspect too, because even with our company, our construction company too, um, I mean, we're starting to structure it. I mean, you talked about the structure it better to where, you know, everybody's accountable for a certain thing and task and doing that too. And not just all on one person where it's all a cluster. It's keeping everybody accountable for what they're supposed to do, whether you're in customer service or you're doing um, bidding or you're doing uh, customer relationship stuff. So, and so on, it's, it's spot on what you said too. Um, Cause that's what makes the machine run. Right. So, um, Obviously, I want to ask you this question too. So your company is continuing to grow pretty fast over the past few years. What are you doing to stand out from the rest of the many financial companies out there? You've brushed on this. You've told me what you did, but let's go deeper into this. Yeah, so I really think it's just being able to get in front of people a lot more, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, some, some Super Bowl commercial or, you know, some, some billboard that you may or may not see. It's, it's just adapting the way business, business is being done in, in these days, right? And it's, it's video, right? Mm-hmm. It's podcasts, it's, you know, books, it's, you know, speaking on stage, you know, it's, it's really, really getting yourself in a position to create a brand and, and have people be able to, know what you're about so for for us it's really you know what, what's going to separate me from you know my competitors is number one our culture you know and, and we're constantly and, and you and i are part of the same entrepreneurial group where you know the leaders of our entrepreneurial group you know they're doing you know nine figures a year and, and they just preach culture 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 so you know culture is huge you know culture is, is a competitive advantage that you're going to have over someone else 
And uh, so really just honing in our culture, you know, how can we work closer as a unit and uh, develop better culture? And then two, you know, if we can create a really, really good culture and have our machine be able to run where the, the owner doesn't have to be able to do everything and be bogged down, you know, the owner should be able to empower their team. The owner should be able to let other people shine and move up with the company. So then that way that the owner can be able to, you know, do other things that can grow the company, right? And whether that's speaking on stage, whether it's going to events, whether that's, you know, uh, visiting companies across the country to, you know, make a big, big deal happen to affect this group of people is, uh, it, it ties together. Mm-hmm. So you're saying I'm not going to see you drive down the Vegas strip and see you on a billboard somewhere advertising anytime <laughs> soon? You know, <laughs> I'm not going to say no to it, but you know, I think, you know, my story, man, like last year, I didn't even have social media. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. even on social media last year. Last year I was afraid to get on camera and do a video. You yeah. know, last year, uh, there's no way I would have, you know, if you would have told me I would you know, been on stage this year, I'd been like, no way. You know, yeah, so yeah. if you're a business owner or you're thinking about becoming a business owner, you have to be able to adapt to the marketplace. And then whether you like social media or not, social media is a huge way for you to get in front of your audience. And uh, I'm not a big fan of social media. To be transparent, I wouldn't be on social media you know, just like a phone, right? To call a customer. It is a tool that you have to use for, for your business. So, you know, really, really look at what your business is about. Who are you serving? Who are you helping? Who are you impacting? Who's your audience? And I bet you video, social media, podcasts, and, and speaking on stage is going to be able to have you stand out from yeah. you know, your competitors so you could really, really hone in your message and, and help people. No, it's huge. And I, I was the same way as you. I mean, I was on social media, though, but I wasn't really active on it. I mean, I get yeah. tagged in pictures here and there and stuff like that. But me personally, as far as like, I never really cared about posting and stuff. But now, you know, it's all about and I probably wouldn't be on it maybe if I'd because all I mean, all my posts are really business related, and that's it now. And you know, or they're value related too. And I've seen since I've done it and done more of it that tracks people do see it. They may not tell you right away, but I've had random customers that I've sold stuff to, or we built for. They say it all. You know, they're like, "Oh, we saw your social media. It's great. You know, keep doing it. You know, and stuff like that." And that just keeps you you know, wanting to do more of it. And it actually, it's proving that it does help big time. And you it's know, always, yeah, you know. it's always funny when somebody doesn't like or comment on your posts, but then they slide in your they, DMs <laughs> or they see you, you know, at an event or somewhere and they bring up that post and, you know, it's just. That's the thing. I mean, with the video too, I, you don't get a lot of likes on videos, but they see it. I mean, I saw a guy at the gas station that, I went to high school with, I haven't seen him forever. He's like, Oh man, I see your social media stuff all the time. I love it, man. Keep doing it. And I'm like, yeah, you don't like it, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but Hey, for you, at least you, thanks for the compliment, yeah. man. But for sure. it's just the way it is too. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your customer service. I always talk about this with everybody too. Like, what do you focus on most as far as customer service? What things are, uh, what things you know, has your company done to create a better focus on customer service? One thing that we've done over the last year and a half that's been a game changer is uh, account reviews. 
So that's been something that we've been super intentional about. So three to four times a year, we jump on the phone with, with our customers. Now they, they'll call in and, and, and talk to us throughout the year, but intentionally we will set up an appointment and get them on the phone with our team three to four times a year. And that call could be 10 minutes, could be an hour. And we just talk about where are you? Let's check in. What's working? What's not working? What, where do you need help? And, and that call can go so many different ways, mm-hmm. right? You know, that's where maybe we introduce them to one of our third parties to solve one of their problems, you know, or that's where we remind them that, hey, you could take out, looks like you could take out $40,000, no penalties, no taxes. And they're like, oh, shoot, well, I could use that money to pay off this high interest rate credit card debt, or I could use this money to put in my flip that I'm doing. I forgot I could even do that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just really staying in front of people. Uh, that, that's been super, super huge. Uh, of course, you know, with, with the RHA group that we're part of, you know, handwritten cards that goes a long way for people. So, you know, we've implemented that a couple years ago, but it, it's that account review process. You know, I highly recommend anyone that's in a service-based business, you know, when you acquire a client, you know, it's like dating somebody, right? When you date somebody, you're giving them all the love in the very beginning, but then the longer you're with them, it kind of <laughs> you know, slides right you know you kind of get comfortable example. yeah you get, you get comfortable right and uh so we, we just want to keep 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 that uh that that flow going where we never stop losing that 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 sprinkle or that uh spark in, in the, the the relationship and a good way of doing that is just staying in front of them and, and everything we do is on the phone so uh that's huge you know we're not Hey, I mean, you need to come to our office and make them stay in traffic, you know, go in traffic. It's, hey, let's just jump on a call. Four o'clock on Wednesday, great. Okay, awesome. Might be 20 minutes, might be 10, might be 40, you know, mm-hmm. but there's a lot that comes out of that. Yeah, that follow-up is huge too. And I'm starting to implement that with us. I mean, it could be in any business. Like you said, it's continuing that relationship. So with us, if we built, you know, I think we've done probably 200 homes. I mean, the people in the past, um, communicating with them now and just giving them picking up the phone and calling them and saying even if they're second third owner of the house being like hey you're in you're in a Ryman house uh if there's anything we can do to you know if you're looking for a plumber or something like that we'll set it up for you and get them over there so it's that continuing that relationship that's any company but what you're doing is awesome too i highly agree on that thanks man yeah and uh we didn't think about it from that perspective the perspective of like we're going to make more money. We're going to make more money. It's man, we, we got to develop, deliver more value. We got to help these people with some more challenges mm-hmm. that they may be facing. And, and by leading with value and leading with customer service and just asking questions and listening and trying to find out where we can help. Next thing you know, we get referrals, you know, next thing you know, there's other streams of income that we can make that we would not have made had we not implemented that process. Mm-hmm. So that kind of dove into my next question right there. I mean, building long-term relationships, I bring this up with every person because it's so huge. Uh, what other things are you doing to maintain relationships with customers um, after you know your tran- your transaction with them? Obviously, your business is different than mine. You know, ours is one big transaction. You're constantly with them. You know, throughout the process for however, however many years they have their money with you. But what are you doing? I mean to follow up even more and maintain those long-term relationships. What other things? You know, when, when it's their birthday, you send them a handwritten card. I, I sign those, 
you know, so that's always, we have a thousand customers. So right now it's not like, oh my gosh, I can't sign cards. Uh, my goal, I, I want to get to 10,000 customers. You know, I, I really want to really scale this thing. And uh, so it's just the small things, you know, handwritten cards, uh, those account reviews. Um, a couple of years ago, we only had a few third party relationships. And uh, as far as with different companies that we can refer our clients to and, and, and bring into the picture to add value. And then here we are today and we have a lot more than just a couple. And mm -hmm. it's not, hey, let me just align myself with just this company and, and, and just rush it. You know, if, if I'm going to introduce our customer to a different company, a separate company, we want to make sure our reputation is, 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 on, is, is on the line, obviously, at that point since we're making that intro. So we want to make sure that person is, is reputable and they have a good service and, and they're going to give love to our customers. So I'm constantly trying to find other third parties that I can line, align myself with that are going to bring value to, uh, to our customers. Awesome. And I want to, let's go into you personally, uh, back to you personally. So, you know, I reading, uh, knowing you and I obviously reading up and following your story, you were a college dropout. Obviously we, we heard your other story about being addicted to pills and so on. And now you run one of the fastest growing companies in, you know, around in your area and so on, probably in the U.S. Let's put it that way. You're growing pretty fast and turned your life around towards success. What changed and how can we personally all implement these changes into our own lives to better ourselves and whatever we do? Tough no, question. Yeah, that's, pre that's pretty deep. You know, the beautiful part about America and where we live today is, you know, if you don't have a college degree, you're not frowned upon. Mm -hmm. right? A lot of entre successful entrepreneurs, you know, don't have degrees. And I'm not, you know, saying if you have a degree, you know, um, your, 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 your worth, uh, is less. I mean, shoot, I, I do wish I, I had a degree. I, I feel like I would have learned a lot in college. Um, so I think what really changed is, being able to accept that adversity is going to shape us. And at the end of the day, like the sooner you can fail, the sooner you can get punched in the mouth, the sooner you can be like, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like, am I going to live at my mom's house? Like, should I get a job at McDonald's? Like the sooner, like hopefully I don't get in trouble here, but the sooner she hits the fan, like the better, because then like you're, you're learning, then you're realizing like, Hmm, this isn't as bad as I really thought it was. And uh, if you can really have one skill that's going to allow you to be a successful business owner, it's sales. Now, I'm not saying like close somebody and, and you know, make a commission. I'm, I'm talking about communicating with people, right? Because as an owner, you have to be really, really good at communicating. You know, it's not what you say, it's how you make that person feel. It's the energy that you give. It's how you say things, right? So you're constantly, as an owner, you're constantly selling, right? And again, I'm not saying on the phone making a commission or in person making, you know, uh, a commission when you sell a house. I'm saying like, you gotta sell your team, right? You gotta mm -hmm. sell your, you know, your, your spouse, your partner, you know, you gotta sell your, your partners. You know, and I'm not talking about like some grimy sale, like, you know, used cars, car salesman pitch. I'm talking like really being able to communicate with that person and understand like what they're seeing, what you're not seeing, your blind spots, you know, getting them to understand your vision, articulating your thoughts, 
and, and really making sure that you're super clear and intentional on what you're doing and how you're doing it and laying out that vision so people can really buy into what you're doing, right? Some of the most successful entrepreneurs, you know, salespeople, um, you know, think of, you know, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, like those dudes are just master salesmen and, and they have the ability to, to lead from the front and get people to buy into their vision. And uh, so that's, to answer your question with change is just being more polished, right? Like I've always enjoyed selling and I was naturally pretty good when I got on the phone, 18, 19, 20 years old, making six figures a year, making good money, right? But then, okay, how do you go from a salesperson to transitioning to an owner, right? I'm still using sales skills, but I gotta be a lot more polished, right? I gotta recognize that I can't just rely on my sales skills to run a company. I gotta be good at critical thinking. I got to be good at operational. Um, not that I got to do all that myself, right? I got to be able to hire the right kind of people to plug into my machine, but I got to know enough about systems and operations so then that way I know I'm making a good decision for the business. So, you know, it's, it's really just going from a salesperson to a business owner. You know, how, how can you make that transition happen? How can you recognize, oh, oh shit, I'm not good at this. Let me ask help. Let me talk to someone that's been there. You know, let me be vulnerable and ask for help. And that's where I really love a group like what we're in right now in RTA. There's other business owners that we can relate to. You know, I've called you before. I'm like, dude, I'm going through this right now. What do you mm-hmm. think? You know, I know you've talked to other people in the group. Same thing. Like, oh, it's yeah. really, really good being able to self-audit your situation and be like, okay, maybe I'm not seeing something here. You know, mm-hmm. how, how can I grow? So that's a long winded answer to your question. No. And that's actually really good because I mean, it just brushing off the beginning of what you said too, it's, it is so important to fail and in a lot of different ways and people are so scared of failure too. I mean, it's in all aspects of life. I mean, you've talked about it too a bunch of times. I mean, I've been, uh, I've wrecked my truck, been to jail. I've done, you know, so I've been divorced. I just been divorced, stuff like that. So, I mean, you learn from all these different life experiences and being vulnerable and talking about it too, actually makes it helps you connect with people that have been through similar situations that are successful too, you know, and there's a lot of people and we bring up the group that we're in and so on that are in the group that have similar stories and similar situations that we could all kind of help each other. And, um, you know, with sales too, I mean, you're constantly selling somebody every single day, like you said, uh, no matter who you're talking to, you're selling them, uh, you know, you're selling yourself that you're, you're not a a hole to them, you know? So it's just every, everybody you talk to every single day, every life is sales. And if you're not good at it, then, you know, that's unfortunate. I hate to say it, but I mean, you can get good and you can polish it, like you said, and learn more and educate yourself and invest in yourself too. Yeah. Um, like you're supposed to be doing. A lot of people, unfortunately, don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a really great answer too. So, so I mean, most kind of back on you, most people don't really ask uh most of them ask about your past and so on i want to kind of ask about your future so the question i want to know is what are your what are your plans for the future whether it's business life where will you see daniel blue in the future who will you be let's talk about that a little bit you know i really just want to build the the team that i have 
you know, within Quest Education, like I said, I got about 12 employees and got a lot of people that have been with me for many years and, and I want to give them an opportunity to keep growing with this company and, and have, you know, the ability to continue to, to take care of their families and, and, and make more money and, and have a future. And, uh, you know, this, this is, this is like the, the main vessel Quest Education and, and we're at a thousand clients and, you know, we've, facilitated probably close to $50 million worth of self-directed dollars. So I'm thinking, you know, now I'm thinking my, my goal is I want to get to a point where you know, we've got 10,000 customers and, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars because then I know, shoot, you know, that's 10,000 people that might not have been able to maybe start their own business. 10,000 people that might not have been able to invest in real estate in the way that they thought it was, you know, they thought they could do, you know, so we really do change people's lives. And I want to have that number go higher in terms of changing people's lives. And uh, I just want to be able to keep doing what I'm doing right now on a bigger scale. Um, I'm a part of two nonprofits that uh, help our community. One of them is for uh, children and I got a soft spot for, for children. Got, uh, you know, I've got a pass like everyone else does. And, you know, our childhood goes a certain way. Um, you know, it all starts from the childhood years as far as cultivating our mindset and the limiting beliefs that we, we, we tell ourselves and we believe. And uh, so I, I just want to be able to be a part of more nonprofits and, and uh, being able to just, I have that entrepreneur bug, man. Like eventually I want to be able to have multiple businesses, but you know, I, I don't want to have a bunch of businesses that, you know, are just, on the, the teetering of, of, you know, not doing well. Like I want to be able to scale them the right way processes, systems, operations, where they could be s sustained on their own, where I don't have to be an owner operator and I can just empower my team, you know, be able to let them participate in the profits so they can be a part of, you know, what we're doing and our mission. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I just, uh, I want to be able to do things on just a, a completely different level. So, can be able to, to give back on a, a different scale as well. Awesome, man. That's awesome to hear too. And, and I, I guarantee after hearing this today too, you got a lot of big things to come. So that's, that's for sure. So one last question, I always ask this to everybody, the most important question of them all, what exactly do people need to look for when hiring a financial company and why should they choose Daniel Blue to work with? You know, I think back to what we talked about earlier, you know, when you're looking at working with the financial company, do you want the stock market? If you do, we talked about Fidelity, Vanguard, TD Ameritrade. Uh, if you want insurance, you know, there's some pretty good insurance companies out there. Uh, and and I, I don't really know, I don't have a preference in, in that regard. I've seen some pretty good products from, you know, MetLife and Voya and Prudential. So, you know, those are some big insurance companies out there. Uh, if you want self-directed where you can control your own money, then it's, do you want to have more handholding, you know, working with a company like ours or, you know, are you okay doing things on your own? And, you know, there's some cheaper companies out there that, that you can work with. So cool thing about working with us is before you start doing business with us, you know, you're really going to get a feel of who we are and, and how we do things. So, you know, if you're interested in being able to speak with our team and get an understanding of exactly how we can help you and what it looks like to work with someone like us, you know, feel free to go to uh, bestwaysyourquest.com. That's Y-O-U-R-Q-U-E-S-T, yourquest.com. It's got some information about us as a company. There's a, a contact us 
site on this, the uh, part of the website where you can just enter your information in and, and one of our, our specialists will give you a phone call to give you some love and, and help you understand how this works. Me personally, the best way to follow me, I'm pretty active on Facebook. So if you just look up Daniel Blue, Blue like the color on Facebook, I'm, I think I'm the only Daniel Blue in Las Vegas. So uh, if you see Daniel Blue Las Vegas, it's gonna be me. My uh, profile's public, so I do my best to add value there and, and intentionally post certain things to be able to bring some of this information to, uh, to the world. Daniel, this has been awesome, man. It's been great having you on today. Uh, so much good information about, uh, I mean, a, a topic that not a lot of people know about too. And I'm very happy to have you on, man. So thank you again. Um, really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity, man. I'm looking forward to actually seeing you in person yeah. tomorrow and not through a computer screen. So yeah. do it, brother. Yeah. Yeah. It's about time right now. Tomorrow's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to, to it too, but thanks for coming on and thank you everybody for listening and I will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the real build and guys, if you would just take a little bit of your time to write a review below, I'd really appreciate it. It doesn't take long. Obviously reviews are going to make this show be heard by more people and that's what we need. We need to get this out there. So please write a review, share it with your friends and family. And thank you so much for everybody that's listening. And I'll see you guys on the next episode.